Trinity is the central mystery of our faith. When I, uh, when the, our catechism came out, do you remember this? Uh, I was in seminary, and we hadn't had a catechism in a very long time. Uh, this is the one St. John Paul II commissioned. But I remember the first thing I learned was that I, I always assumed the Eucharist was the center of our faith, the central mystery of our faith. And uh, there it was, right there. The Trinity is the central mystery of our faith. All other mysteries flow from it. So what's the Trinity? Um, in seminary, we called this Heresy Sunday uh, because any attempt to describe the Trinity is going to be more wrong than right. It, it, we can't pull it off. It's why we call it a mystery. It's not a mystery because there's clues, you know, that we can parse together and solve this mystery. It was uh, the butler in the library with a candlestick as a side note. But no, it's a mystery, meaning constantly unfolding. The more we enter into the Trinity, the more we recognize, I can't do this. I can worship it. And that's, that's the wonder of it all. What we're talking about is three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that the Father is constantly, the scripture says, kenosis in Greek, emptying himself, pouring all that he is into the Son and the Holy Spirit. And that the Son is constantly emptying himself, all that he is, into the Father and the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit. It's constantly emptying himself into the Father and the Son. It's a dynamic, St. John Paul II said, a dynamic of love and life. And that in that dynamic, that constant pouring out of self, humans are created. Right? Humans are made. And it's, it's in us then. Right? That the first thing then that community of love and life did was make a community, a husband, and a wife who can come together in like, like the Trinity, but two, and make life. It's really a remarkable thing, and it's the key to the whole thing. That's why when we find we start losing our sense of a marriage covenant, that's why the whole system falls apart, because it's the central mystery of our faith. And on some level, I think those of you who are married, you get it better than those of us who are celibate. The whole idea of loving the mystery that is your spouse. And I see a lot of men nodding. Uh, as a side note, yeah. I, I remember one of my sisters telling me, men are easy to understand. Uh, and we are. You know, we make the fire and hunt buffalo. That's, uh, but truly, uh, for you and me, what we want to recognize today is that this idea of community, of life and love, it's the whole thing. I think I just told you last week, I think, that we are saved by Jesus' blood. And, and Dr. Peter Kraft makes this great point. Well, then why weren't we saved the first time Jesus cut his finger? Because that's not how the Trinity does it. It's all his blood or none. Right? That he, all of his blood, all of his breath, because that's how God does it. This Trinitarian God. And our response to this mystery is supposed to be two things. One, we worship. Two, we imitate. 
and we worship. Here, look, you, you did that part. And we want to make sure we are constantly doing that part. Because the thing is, when you and I stop the craziness of our schedules and our life to worship our Lord, we're doing the right thing. If you're married, you're two people trying to become one. You know how amazing that is, how hard it is, how much sacrifice is involved. Imagine three. Yeah? And I, I'm telling you, I, people always, I, I've shared this with you before, oh, Father, your celibacy is a sacrifice. I'm like, no, I've heard you people argue about parking. Uh, my life's great, you know. Uh, <laughs> I did. Um, two people becoming one, it takes everything you got and more. That's why we do it here. And what do we do here? We just did it yesterday. A man and a woman came forward to declare a covenant and what they recognized, our love is awesome, but it's not enough. We need the Trinitarian love in our hearts to make this work. And that in that, they'll make life. It's an extraordinary thing. And those of you who are married and are fighting for that marriage, you are showing us what the Trinity looks like as best two humans can do. It is a remarkable gift you give the world. In this church, you can hear the sounds of the life that that union makes. How blessed are we? How blessed are we? It's tough, though, because we are broken. And at the core of us, we are constantly trying to reassert ourselves. What about me? And what we want to remember today is that what we worship is abject selflessness. That's the mystery of the Trinity. All of you into the covenant you are called to. What I would love to do right now is help us plug in some practicality to this worship. That we worship the Trinity. We don't fully understand it. We can just go, I can't do that. You're amazing. But we can strive to imitate it. Because otherwise, we end up with maybe good theology and nothing more. And make no mistake, the devil gets the Trinity better than you or I ever will. What we want to do that the devil can't is imitate the Trinity. We want to be selfless. We want to live the covenant we're in. And a covenant, of course, is different than a contract, right? A contract is you do your part, I do mine. Unless you're a cell phone company, right? Then you just have to do your part uh, and they take your money. That was funny. But a covenant says I'm doing my part and I'm doing my part. And I will never, ever, ever quit doing my part. And that in that, you'll find fullness because that's what we were made for. The Trinity that made us lives in us and so we will only find the most joy in pouring ourselves out. You can live for you, but you will be miserable. We can live for others and we'll find life because it is the mystery of the Trinity that made humans. How can we live for others? Well, as I could see it, we've got a few communities in our life. 
And the first community is the community of our family. And our family is worth fighting for. Our family is worth our Trinitarian love and effort. And does our family know that? It might be a good challenge. Well, it is, I think, a good challenge for us this week. How can I model the Trinity better in my family? How can I make my family less about me and more about we? I guess I just made that up. How can I make it less about me and more about us? How can I make sure other people's needs are met? My, I hope you don't mind my sisters here. And one of our jokes, like when we were growing up, mom's big line, ready? Anticipate needs. Yes, and she's dying inside right now. Uh, what did that mean? If someone at the table had to say, could you pass the water? We failed. Look at their glass. You can tell when they need water. That, that, and I'll tell you, I hated it. But it helped me understand that at a moment when my body is being selfish, right, properly, right, eating food, which I'm very good at, I don't want to brag, to look and be aware of other people's needs. That's how we imitate the Trinity. We make sure our lives are about our family and that they don't get our leftovers. Oh, this is my safe place. I can let my guard down. Then you're doing family wrong. If it's your safe place, it's time to pour it out to give more. There's also the community of our work or if we're past or before that time in our life, maybe the community of our school or the community of our, our city, whatever it may be. That for us, and I remember this great quote, and I always mess it up. It's either a guy named Abraham Josephson or a guy named Joseph Abramson. Isn't that terrible? It's one of those two. But either way, he's dead, so he's not offended uh, that I don't remember. But he said, for a society to work, everybody has to do less than they're allowed and more than they're asked. And I think that's true in our workplaces, in our schools, in our communities. I will do more than I'm asked, and I will do less than I'm allowed. I'll take all those little bullets for the team, in a sense, to foster peace and harmony. Sometimes it's our time to give, sometimes it's our time to take, who knows? But we always want to be ready to be selfless and to make it not about what I can get, but what I can give. So we got community uh, we've got the Trinity in our family and in our community, and of course I'm going to get after now our, our church. How can we, as a family, imitate the Trinity better? And I think the most important thing is money. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I couldn't resist that joke. I did it at the 8, and I got a look, and I'm like, dude, I'm totally joking. Uh, no, when it comes to this parish family, for example, what are, what are we giving? And by giving, again, all kidding aside, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about of ourselves. Um, and it, I like this because I want to be a good priest. But a lot of people have suggestions for me. Yeah? And for our church. Father, we need to. But they don't really mean we. They mean me. Yes? And again, praise God. Give me what I need. I want to be good at this. I want to be holy. I want to be a good priest. But... When we go to say you should, in this group, we're a part of you. 
Yes? We're one. We are not bound by anything but Jesus. What would get this group together but Jesus? And if that's the case, then what are we giving to be a part of this family? And this always feels funny to say because here you are, right? And I've been at a million of those when I was a kid, the priest yelling at us for not going to church. But we were at church while he was yelling at us. And that always, I don't know. But for us, we want to make sure that our family and our community know this is the definition for us. Everything takes a backseat to the Trinity. Everything. And do people get that? And you might think, and I thought this a lot of my life, but it's, it's kind of awful sometimes, yeah? Coming here. Sometimes it's really hard. What am I getting out of this? And I think of when I was growing up, my dad's mom and dad were still alive, my grandparents on my dad's side, and we would go over to their house a minimum of once a week. That's our job, and dad made that clear to us. And I don't remember a point where I thought, well, what am I going to get out of this? I just knew that was my duty. Now, I could have said to dad, what am I getting out of this, but you would have never found my corpse. Right? The key is there are things, and our kids need to learn this. There are things that are not about us. There are, it's okay to give time every week for something that we can't see a gain for. It's actually really good for us to at least an hour a week not be about ourselves. But instead say, Lord, I can't do Trinity, but I can worship that. And as I worship it, I find the strength to imitate it. So here we are, uh, this wonderful mystery, central mystery of our faith. And I think it's a great time for us to look at, am I imitating the Trinity at home, in my community, and in my church? And I'll invite us to do so, and I promise I'm doing the same. I wrote a lot this week. Can't believe how easy it is to make it about ourselves, can we? So today, Jesus, we ask that the, the wonder of your Trinitarian love invade us and change us so that we can be about you, so that we can be about what we can give, not just what we can take, and so that in the end, this mystery of life and love and community comes out in us and through us. Amen? Amen. Okay.